When was the last time you felt like you had a good day? When is the last time you were consistently having good days, feeling good, feeling energized, and like you're on top of things? I don't know. Maybe I'm getting a little carried away there with all of the energy and actually being on top of things, but sometimes we can be, right? Like some seasons we feel on top of things, hopefully. My husband, he often asks me, how was your day? Like, how's it going? And I've noticed before that I always say, like, it's okay, or I give him this list of reasons why it's felt like a disaster, but we're all moms here. So we all know the hard parts about it. Like we know we have hard days. There are hard parts about every single day. We know how demanding it is, how draining it can feel. But what if we could feel better? Like right now, if you're looking for ways to feel better and you're willing to try almost anything, which if you're anything like me, I'm all about the practical. It's like, give me the steps, give me the things to try. I'm down, like I'm, I'm going for it, okay? So if you're here for the practical, if you're here for practical ways to feel better right now, then today's episode is for you. Let's get started. Welcome to Her Pursuit, the podcast empowering moms to live with more peace, purpose, and fulfillment starting right now. Join me each week for honest conversations on motherhood, mental health, and growing in our faith. Together, we will explore practical ways to break free from survival mode and discover true peace for the everyday. I'm your host, Kaysen, and I'm so glad you're here. Okay, a few things we have to address before jumping into this. Please remember, I'm just your mom friend, okay? I'm just here relaying the message and all the information. I'm not a therapist. This is not medical advice. I cannot and will not ever approach the topic of medication from any other place than personal experience, okay? I can't tell you to get on medicine. I can't tell you to get off medicine. That's not my job. It's not my place. It's not why I'm here, honestly. And what we're going to talk about today is not mutually exclusive from medication. Like these things that you can try, the two don't have to be, it's not like one or the other. Both have their place and both are very useful tools when it comes to overcoming mental health struggles and just feeling better overall. And you can utilize all all of the options out there at any given time, at the same time if you choose, but that's ultimately up to you. So I just wanted to kind of say, I'm never going to speak into that other than from a place of experience and things that I've gone through, times in my life when I have taken medicine, I can, I will possibly go into talking about deciding to come off, times when I had to come off, things like that. But that's a separate episode for a separate day. Today is all about practical ways to feel better right now. What are some things that we can try to naturally boost our feel-good hormones? Because believe it or not, that is possible. There are things that we can try out to shift our mood and change our energy and just feel better. But before we talk about all those different things, let's lay a foundation for us because Knowledge is power, and the more you know, the more you can be your own advocate and really get back into the driver's seat of your life, get out of survival mode, and stop feeling stuck. So there are several feel-good hormones, also known as, big word here, neurotransmitters, super fancy word, don't worry, we don't have to remember it, that they're naturally produced in our bodies, right? And some of the key ones, which again, you don't, it don't, it doesn't really matter. We don't have to remember the names of them, but they're just good to know. You've heard some of these things before, like endorphins. Endorphins are natural painkillers that are produced by the body in response to stress or pain. There's also dopamine, which is associated with the feelings of pleasure and reward and motivation. You've got serotonin, which is associated with mood regulation and sleep and appetite. And then oxytocin, which is the love hormone, like Hugging, kissing, cuddling, that's when 
that hormone is released. So overall, these feel-good hormones, they play a key part in regulating our emotions, like how we feel, promoting feelings of happiness and helping us cope with stress and pain. But as you probably know, these things can be disrupted. And when they are, you can definitely tell, right? Like we can just tell something's off, something is wrong, like something we're not, we just don't feel like ourselves or we don't feel like we think we should feel or how we felt before. And there are several things that can disrupt the balance of these feel-good hormones in your body, which leads to so many different physical and mental health problems and symptoms. So here are some of the common causes, some of the common disruptors of those feel-good hormones. Number one, chronic stress. Like, can we just start here? And stress, Dr. Caroline Leaf had such an insightful episode on her podcast recently about how stress is not always a bad thing and it doesn't have to be a bad thing. Like there's good stress, good stressors, but it's when we stay in this prolonged state of stress that that causes the body to release these excessive amounts of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline that disrupt the balance of those feel-good hormones like we talked about before. So I relate to the chronic stress and it's not that, you know, it doesn't have to be this overwhelming, crazy, life-changing thing that's stressing you out, it can just be simple. I say simple. It can be daily stressors. Like there are stressors in our everyday lives, right? The second thing that can disrupt these hormones is a poor diet. I know the word diet can be triggering and there's there's some controversy around that, but let's just think of it as the things you're eating every day, the things you're putting into your mouth, okay? So a diet that is high in processed foods and sugar and unhealthy fat leads to imbalances in these hormone levels. I relate to this. I am one of those people who I can feel when I am, when I am consuming a lot of processed sugars and, you know, things that are essentially unhealthy or highly processed food, it makes me feel different. And I've talked to some other friends who notice things like brain fog and just feelings of anxiety, like anxiousness. So poor diet is one of the things that can kind of interrupt and disrupt those feel-good hormones. Another one is lack of sleep. I feel like I'm. this is literally like a list of things moms deal with on an everyday basis. And sometimes it's like, what can we do about it, right? Like sleep is the most important thing for restoring the balance of these hormones. But there are times and seasons in life when we just can't We can't control the fact that there's a lack of sleep. Like you've got a new baby or you are going through like a sleep regression or your toddler still isn't sleeping through the night. And that's a very real thing. And and yes, there are times and seasons when we can't do anything about it. But during those times, I would challenge you to look at some of these other areas. Like maybe you can't really, maybe you can't get more sleep in this season. Maybe you are moving or there's a huge transition happening. Maybe you can't like make the stress go away. Maybe you can try to figure out how to manage it because yes, some of these things are out of our control. Okay. So let's just get that out in the open, but chronic sleep deprivation can lead to imbalances. And I relate to this because there are times when I choose to stay up and I'm either watching TV or I'm reading something or scrolling or whatever it is. And I know that I need to be going to sleep because I I feel better and it's better for me and it's good for my body and it keeps all these things in balance, but i choose not to anyways. And I know you relate to that. And it's not a bad thing. It's just, we pay for it, right? Like if we make the choice there, it's just like we teach our kids. Every choice and decision has a consequence. Um, The fourth thing, which is so interesting is genetics. So some people may be genetically predisposed to imbalances 
in these different hormone levels. I've actually had some genetic testing done, so we're going to get into that on another episode in the future. It's just so interesting to me that down to like the level of your DNA, that can affect whether or not you are more likely to experience anxiety or depression. In my case, those are the things that are relevant to me. But whatever it is for you, based on just your DNA. And I think some people would say, well, then that means that I don't have a choice. And we kind of fall into the victim mindset of, well, it's just the way that I am. See, this is actually literally how I'm made and how I'm built. But the really, really cool news is, is that there is research. There are people out there who actually have figured out that you can take supplements. There are different vitamins that you can take in order to kind of uh, make up for the lack and the deficiency that you're just naturally predisposed to, as we said, because of your genetic makeup. So like I said, that's kind of like a whole other thing we're going to unravel together (laughs) soon. But for now, let's just kind of keep rolling with some of these other things that can disrupt these hormones in our body. Two more things, certain medications and then hormonal imbalances. Okay, so there are ways to test the levels of pretty much anything in your body, right? Like you can use urine samples, blood samples. But when these things are off, you know, like you feel it. And some common symptoms like we've talked about are depression, anxiety, insomnia, fatigue, digestive issues, chronic pain, trouble with memory and mood swings. I have experienced all of these on a regular basis. So if you're listening right now, and and I kind of want to make this point too, because I've had some people reach out and they're like, I actually don't struggle with the same things that you struggle with. Like the, the mental health stuff is not necessarily my struggle, but my sister or my friend, they really struggle. And I feel like when you're talking, I'm like talking to her. And so whether you're here because you experience it or because you're like just trying to understand a relative or a friend a little bit better, um, I just wanted to say that for me, it was it was experiencing these things on a regular kind of daily basis. It wasn't that you felt low one day or that you just kind of couldn't sleep one night or that you your stomach was kind of messed up for a day or two. This is like a prolonged ongoing, like you have symptoms of, of these things. Um, and again, if you are questioning this, if you're wondering, like reach out to a medical professional, get a, get a doctor, like tell them your symptoms, talk through it. But you'll find when you start digging into this for yourself that unfortunately the, how do I say this? The mainstream way of, you know, doctors treating patients and the things that they're able to treat you for and the means by which they're willing to go um, as far as treatment routes go and kind of like exploring this with you and taking a deeper dive, you probably are going to find that you're going to have to go um, with a more like natural doctor or a more non-traditional route. And you'll see that some of these interviews I have coming up are the, these people are so amazing and they are incredibly knowledgeable and they are experts in their fields, but you're gonna, you're gonna hear from some of them how they either were trained in traditional medicine or they got their degree and then they kind of started to realize that things weren't really adding up or the patients that they would see, the way they would treat them, it wasn't actually treating the root cause or the, or the symptom. And so you just kind of have to be aware of that when you start exploring this for yourself. There's a lot to kind of work through. There's a lot of layers to it. But I do want to say that if you're experiencing those things on a regular basis, definitely reach out because that is like a flashing neon sign that something is off, something's not 
how it should be. So now that we've laid the groundwork and maybe you've learned a little something, there are several natural ways to boost your feel-good hormones in your body. Like this will actually work if you do it, okay? The first one is kind of obvious and probably our least favorite. Maybe, maybe not. We're gonna go ahead and get it out of the way. Moving your body, okay? Getting your heart rate up, exercise. That stimulates the release of endorphins, which are the body's natural feel-good hormones. Even a short walk can boost your mood. I saw this little tiny magazine in the checkout the other day at Publix, and it was like how walking can decrease your anxiety and help you manage anxiety. And I kind of flipped through it a little bit because I knew this episode was coming up. And I was like, that is so interesting because that happens to be one of the things we're going to be talking about. So I kind of read through a little bit, and it was just saying how walking, something as simple as walking can actually help you manage anxiety. And the reason is because it boosts your body's feel-good hormones. Like the endorphins are going to be released when you go for that walk. The second thing, like we said, which is kind of obvious, is getting enough sleep. We've already said lack lack of sleep can cause that imbalance in your hormone levels, including those related to your mood. And like we said, sometimes we can't control this. I get it because my three year old still wakes up at least once most nights. But it's a different thing when I choose to stay up, right? Like watching a whole season of my favorite show hours after my kids have gone to bed. And I just have to decide, like, this is not good for me. It may feel good in the moment, but I just because I need some time for myself, you know, and sometimes I do, that's fine. But I don't, I shouldn't be staying up way too late, like consistently because I'm going to pay for it. So it's not, this is not shaming us or condemning anyone for anything. But I think sometimes we have to have this ability to zoom out and see the bigger picture of how our choices in the moment are going to affect us long-term, which is really, really hard to do. So the third thing is to eat a balanced diet. A balanced diet rich in fruits, vegetables, whole grains, I would say even organic, you gotta be careful there with some of the grains, and lean protein can help regulate hormone levels and promote overall health. This is the thing that absolutely has changed my life. Like I said, Blake living good, find him, follow him, do what he says. I hope to have him on the show eventually because what he teaches and how he teaches it is just absolutely life-changing. What you eat matters so very much. And I thought that I was mostly healthy. Like I thought that I ate most mostly healthy, but it turns out that the food I was eating and I still eat from time to time, they just completely whack out my hormones and I can totally tell a difference Everyone who I know who has like eaten clean, you know, air quotes here, because that, I guess that definition is truly different for everyone. Like what works for one might not work for another, but whoever, like the people I've talked to who eat clean for an extended period of time, they, you can tell a difference. You can tell a difference. Like you can think clearer. You can see clearer. The world almost like comes to life and it's brighter. And again, there's so much there. Like there's so many layers to get into, but we're just taking it like baby step by baby step. Okay. So the fourth thing is something that we haven't talked about yet. Practicing mindfulness. Mindfulness gets a plug two weeks in a row on the podcast because I love it that much. Practices such as meditation, deep breathing, yoga, they help reduce stress and improve your mood. It really, really works. I'm going to continue to talk about it until you try it because it it will work. I just did a meditation last night. I did a meditation this morning. It just helps me feel more grounded. It helps me feel better. I feel more connected to myself. I don't feel, you know, I feel more connected to God. I don't feel as flighty. Like I don't feel as like panicky and just like I'm 
on a hamster wheel. I just feel more grounded. And again, like I said, if you missed the episode where I talked about uh, mindfulness and breath work and all those things prior, you have to be careful with this because there are the worldly, the world's way of practicing yoga and meditation and breath work is just that. It is of the world. It's not of God. There, you know, there might be spiritual ties, but it's not the kind of spiritual ties that you want. So you just have to be very, very careful because. The enemy is so good. He's so clever at disguising himself and deceiving us as believers, especially into thinking that what we're doing is harmless and it's fine and it's not a big deal and it's working or whatever. But I, I made an, I made a note and I made it a point to tell you that I always try to find Christian meditations or I'm super, super careful when I'm doing the meditation as to what I'm actually thinking about and meditating on, if that makes any sense. There's a lot of new age stuff about this and visualization and all of that. I just don't get into it. Like I don't play with that stuff. I don't, I try not to get anywhere near it. So be careful when you're, when you're doing this meditation works, mindfulness works, but you just got to be careful with it. Okay. The fifth thing that is going to help you feel better right now is to connect with others. I know that this is really, really hard as a mom, but social connection. And honestly, like as an introvert, it's just hard for me as a person. And I try not to make that an excuse, but it really is like, it can be so draining for me, but it's still very important for our overall well-being and emotional mental health because it boosts that oxytocin hormone that we talked about. Like that's associated with social bonding and being in community. And we need those positive emotions, the positive hormones to be boosted, right? Okay. So number six is to spend time in nature. (laughs) Part of this feels like that I'm just like taking you back to the old days, but I I don't know. I don't think that that would be such a bad thing for some of us to like slow down and actually spend time outside and get into the sunshine, breathe some fresh air, like look up for a second. I don't think that would be bad for us, okay? So maybe if you if this is not a part of your regular daily routine or weekly routine, you can try it. So number 6, spend some time in nature. It's been shown to reduce stress levels and boost your mood. Like I said, I know all of this feels like I'm trying to take you back 100 years ago, but just try something from this list. You don't have to do everything. Just try something and then really do it consistently and just see how it makes you feel, okay? The seventh thing, which is one of my favorites, is listening to music. This is my jam, no pun intended, but I love to listen to music and it can actually increase levels of dopamine, Like, I love a good dance party. I love to move my body. Didn't say I was a good dancer. I just said it's fun. And sometimes it's fun to be silly because I am one of those people who takes myself way too seriously. And having three little girls helps me to lighten up a little bit and just enjoy myself more and be silly. And there's something about music and dancing and just moving your body that it just makes you feel better. It makes you feel better. If you've done this before, you know it. Like, you know it does. Okay, number eight is laugh. That leads me into the last thing. Kind of, it's kind of connected to the, the previous thing because sometimes whenever I'm dancing, it makes me laugh at myself. So laughter has been shown to increase endorphin levels and improve your mood. Find some funny videos, save them to your phone, maybe put them in a special album in your photos, and laugh more often. This is something I need to do more too. Okay, laugh with your kids, laugh with your husband, laugh with your friends, laugh by yourself. Just laugh. Like there, it's strange, but there's something out there just called laugh therapy where it's like you make yourself laugh and it eventually turns into this real laugh. And I probably feel about that, how you feel about meditation. I'm like, it's kind of weird. I don't know if I would ever try it. I believe that it works. I just don't know if I want to do it. So who knows? Maybe I'll try laugh therapy sometime and maybe you can try meditation sometime. 
And maybe it'll help both of us to feel better because that's the goal, right? We want to feel better. And when we feel stuck, when we feel like we just want to crawl in the bed, that's my response anyways. I've learned we all have different responses, fight, flight, or I think it's freeze or fawn. So maybe there's like four. I'm not really sure. Don't quote me here, okay? But there's different responses. I am the type that shuts down. I'm the type that needs to, wants to get in the bed, like cry or shut the world out. I shut down. And my husband told me, because this actually happened not too long ago, and I was on the phone with my husband and I actually was crying and I actually was in my bed. And I was like, I just like don't know what to do and I can't do this and I can't handle this and this and this and da, 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 da. And he was like, you know what you need to do. And don't you hate when someone says that to you? It's like, I know that, but I don't want to do that. I do not feel like doing that right now. It's not what I want to do. He's like, you know what you need to do. You know you need to get up. You need to get into motion. You can do an exercise, do something, but you know that you know this is temporary and you you want to feel better. So you know what you need to do to move past it. And it's like, I love you and I hate you because <laughs> I love you for reminding me of the truth but I hate that. That's not what I want to hear. And I think that we just need to take a second and be honest about the fact that you're not going to feel like doing it. Like there, most of the times I don't feel like working out. Most of the times I don't feel like, you know, turning on music and having a dance party or laughing even. It's like we get stuck in these ruts. And even though they're not the best, most beneficial thing for us, it's comfortable. It's familiar. It's what our brain knows. It's a pattern we know. And so we want to stay there and we want to just like sit in the funk that we're in. And so part of that is owning like this sucks really bad. I don't like the way that I feel right now. Or I don't like fill in the blank, like I'm mad about it, I'm upset, I'm hurt, I'm angry, I'm sad, whatever it is. And then there comes a point, there's going to come a point where you have to make a decision. Are you going to stay there and sit, maybe lay in the bed and cry? Like, I'm talking like for longer than a day or longer than an afternoon. Like, are you going to just continue to come back to the bed? Are you going to continue to just sit there, continue to just stay in the funk mentally? Because that is absolutely a choice. And I think that's why so many people are just miserable and negative and hate their life, honestly. Like, let's just call it for what it is. When's the last time you felt good? When's the last time you consistently felt good? And if you can't remember, like, there's totally no shame because there are times in my life when I can't remember the last time I feel like I had a good day. But then that, like, the uh, the accountability falls on me. It falls on you to make the decision. It's like, what are we going to do about it? Am I going to try some of these silly things that Kaysen said? Like, am I going to try to move my body even if I like hate it every step of the way? Am I going to try to put my phone down or turn off the TV and actually get some sleep even though I don't feel like my, like my brain will cut off or whatever it is? I don't feel like I'll have as much time to myself, but maybe you'll feel better because you actually got a good night's sleep, you know? Am I going to try to eat more balanced even though I don't like the way this tastes and I would rather have this or that? You know, are you going to try mindfulness? Are you going to try to connect with someone else? Are you going to try to reach out? Are you going to try to get into community? Ultimately, the decision is up to us. It's up to us to take the action. It's up to us to take our power back because this is the thing. If we choose to sit, when I choose to stay in my bed, which is, it was actually like a luxury that I even got to come to my bed to even cry because, I mean, I've got three kids and they're always with me and it's like, 
you don't really even get the privilege or the, the luxury sometimes to like have your little pity party. That's neither here nor there. But am I going to choose to stay in the bed? It, like, it, am I going to choose to stay here? Am I going to choose to stay here mentally? Or am I going to decide to, decide to do something about it? And that's a really, really hard part. That's a really hard part that you just have to like one, two, three, go. Like rip off the Band-Aid, go do the thing because here's the thing. You're not going to feel like it. There's never a good time. It's never convenient ever, 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 ever. We have to be able to connect with that end result or the end feeling, the reason we're doing it in this case, because you want to feel better. Connect with that. Think about that. Keep it at the forefront of your mind, even when you don't feel it, because you're going to have to do the thing sometimes before you feel better. You're going to have to do it before you feel ready. You're going to have to do it before you feel like you want to. I want us to remember as we close that God has created us all differently. Okay, so what works for me is not going to work for you. It might not work for your friend. It's not going to work for someone else. But this list is just to get you started. And just to remind you that you have way more power than you give yourself credit for. You're in control of so much more than you give yourself credit for. So find what works Find what works and make it a regular part of your day. And if you need help apart from these things, like I said, if you're feeling too overwhelmed, if you're feeling too dark, too down, if the feelings of like you need to be in your bed and crying and like if that's every single day, majority of your day disrupting your day, first of all, see you, feel you, been there, no shame, but you need to reach out for help. Like that's when you have to get help outside of yourself, probably outside of your family and your close circle. Like you need a therapist probably, but I don't want you to feel any shame around feeling like you need help. I know that's one of the hardest things for us to do is to ask for help because that means we're admitting we need the help. And then, you know, maybe that means that we feel weak or we feel like we shouldn't have to ask for help. It's a whole thing. Like it's a whole deal. I get it. But here's the deal. We all need help from time to time. And more so in certain seasons than others. And that's perfectly okay. I remember when I was having a really, 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 really hard time. And I needed the trained professional help of someone who like that was their job. That was their role in my life was to help me unpack all of the things. It's okay to talk to someone and figure out how they can help you and how you can feel better. So don't let the enemy entangle you in lies of guilt or shame because you were made for so much more than those things and so much more than survival mode. And breaking free from survival mode looks different for every single one of us. Our paths are not going to look exactly the same and that is okay. Take what works for you, leave what doesn't. The most important thing is that you begin to walk in the fullness of Christ one step at a time, whatever that looks like for you in your journey, and start enjoying the abundant life that He has for you right now. I will see you next time, friend.